Good morning, everybody. Welcome once again to our Sunday morning time together here at the Digital Cathedral. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for deciding that you want to spend some time with me this morning and uh, together with other people around the world as we get into some interesting things, I think, today from God's Word. We're learning some secrets and insights into this unlimited life. This is the, the, the 12th teaching that I've done, and I've entitled it simply Unlimited because I want us to tap into some pathways, into some ways that I think that the Spirit of the, of, the, of the Lord is teaching us, the Spirit of Truth is leading us into, that's going to open up some dimensions in our life and in our living that maybe we haven't been able to explore before. So I guess we could call this unlimited life the ascended life. And I, I shy away a little bit from that term ascended because it, it, it can conjure up in our minds uh, a separation, like ascended is high and I'm low, or there's a distance in between, but we're really talking about uh, a, a dimension where all things are possible. We're talking about uh, a different consciousness and a different vibration. We're talking about coming and living from a different place. We've come to see so far in this, in this study that when we live out of the five senses, that's what we call being flesh-ruled, and to be flesh-minded is death, right? And when we talk about being flesh-minded, what we're really speaking about is being guided and led uh, by our five physical senses. That's flesh. Your flesh, your flesh has no mind of its own. The flesh follows the direction of either uh, uh, the five senses or the spirit, which is ever stronger. So when you are flesh-minded, when you're controlled by what you see, hear, touch, smell, and taste, uh, the data and the circumstances that are around you, it does not produce any zoe. There's no life of God in that. In what is it, Romans chapter 8, verse 6 says to be uh, carnally-minded or flesh-minded is death, but to be spirit-minded is life and peace. So we talked about a couple of weeks ago, I think it was two weeks ago, we talked, it was two weeks ago, we talked about the power source of this unlimited life, which is the, our union with the Father, our oneness. This is, until that issue is settled, until you really settle into the oneness of the Father, I don't think you can progress past this threshold and walk into the unlimited because there's a tie between the life of the Father and your life. Jesus said in John 14, 20, which I think is the heart of the gospel, he said, in that day you'll know that I am in the Father and that you're in me and I'm in you. So the, the three, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, have joined themselves in union and oneness with you. And it's out, it's out of that union, it's out of that perichoresis, out of that, out of that becoming one, that, that, that knowing that there's no separation, time or distance between you and the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, but they're all, all present at all time functioning in your life. I don't think until we can come to a realization of that, that we're able to go on any farther. Then we talked uh, uh, two weeks ago about the perspective of the unlimited, the, pos the position from which we see, which is ascended with Christ. We're crucified with Christ, buried, resurrected, and we've also ascended with him. Our life is now hidden with Christ in God, and so we're seated next to God in Christ. And again, I don't want you to get a, a concept of this as being a distance from you. It's all, it's all what's working within. The ascended life is the life within. The, the higher consciousness is within. It's drawing from this resource of the Father through the Son in the spirit. So we talked about that, uh, what, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, we talked about perspective. If, if you did not look at the power source of the unlimited, I want you to go back and look at that. You, that, is, that is basic, that's foundational. Then the perspective, I think, builds on that because once you know that you're in union, then you, you can begin to see as they see. You begin to see through the eyes of the Father. You see through the eyes of the Son, through the eyes of the Spirit, which are all the same view, same vision. They have the same uh, lens prescription that they're looking through, so you can see through that same perspective. Then last week, we started, uh, and I want to finish up today. This is what I want to tag on to. Last week, we, we talked about impartation. Once, once you have that place solidified in your mind that you are in full union, there's no separation that you were in the Father, the Father's in you, you're in the Son, the Son is in you, Spirit of Truth dwells within you, leads you, guides you, directs you, 
in all of your ways uh, and you're seeing from that view, now you're ready. Now you got something in the basket that you can begin to draw off. So part of the unlimited, part of the unlimited life is talking about what it is that we can give to other people. And I think that's a good measure of the depth of our sonship. I think it's a real good measure um, on where you're walking right now is your ability to pass on to somebody else what it is that you actually possess. Now, let me just, let me just say this because I don't, I don't want that to get off into some kind of condemnation or, or works orientation. Let me say this. You're imparting a lot in your life that you're not even aware of. You're giving out of, out of the depths of your resources to other people when you don't even realize it sometimes. Now, I'm kind of, I'm kind of separating that this morning because I want to talk about becoming conscious of impartation. Right? Sometimes, you know, sometimes I teach, sometimes I impart. I would say I probably impart 60% and teach 40%. So there is a, there, and you can tell when you're doing one to the other. I can tell when there's something coming out of me that I'm giving to you of what I have. And then I can tell those times that I'm teaching out of an understanding or, or a revelation that I, that I possess. So you're, you're going to begin to see that in your life. Sometimes people ask you a question, all right, then you're going to teach or you're going to instruct. There are other times you're with somebody and they have a, they have a need, they have a problem, and you're going to be able to pull up out of that that resource that you have, that unlimited that we're developing, and you're going to be able to impart to them the very life of the Father through your words, through your smile, through your handshake, through your hug. I mean, there's a, there's a multiplicity of ways that you impart. And let me, let me just say again, you're imparting a lot more than what, you're, than what you're actually aware of. But there is a choice I think you make. And this is why I'm encouraging you about this impartation. I think everything that you're receiving, you have a choice to make with this. Uh, you can either hoard it, you can keep it to yourself, and I, I, see, I, I associate with people that do that. They're basically uh, knowledge seekers, revelation seekers. They, they just get it and they store it and they keep it to themselves. So you can do that. Or you can take in what you have, what you've learned, what's revealed to you, and you can pass it to somebody else. It's kind of a decision. There's a, there's a, a result that I think comes to you from whichever way you want to go. Now, this is, uh, let me say it again, I'm separating this off this morning. You, you impart a lot more than what you're aware of, but I want you to become aware that there are times that you are imparting and I want you to, to feel free to give out of that which you have, knowing Jesus made a, made a profound statement here. Uh, let me read this out of the Amplified. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 11, Jesus said this, he said, to you, it has been granted, freely given, to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Right? So you, you are, and I tell you all the time, you're on this cutting edge, you're on this first wave of people that are seeing things that other people are not seeing, and it's all a matter of timing. I've been spending a lot of time with the Father lately asking him why it is that he has drawn us together from around the world here at the Digital Cathedral. What is, what, what's, what's clicking in us? And it's all by grace. I, I can't tell you there's anything that's so unique about us or uh, special about us. It's, it's I, I think there is a characteristic, and I think the characteristic is we're willing to give what we have. So I'm, I'm right in your wheelhouse this morning. I'm talking to people that verse 11 says, has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, Matthew says. But to them, it has not been granted. It's a matter of time. Will they get it? Yes, they'll get it. There'll be people that come across your path that you encounter uh, all the time, whose time is now. Their eyes are starting to open and just, just a little zoe, little life of God from youth, through whatever means, through whatever means, is gonna, is going to boost them and push them into the next place. Now it says in verse 12, for, now this is the result. I think it's important that you give what you have. He says in verse 12, for whoever has spiritual wisdom because he is receptive to God's word, to him more will be given and he will be richly and abundantly supplied. 
but whoever does not have spiritual wisdom because he has devalued God's word. And, and when, when we talk about God's word this morning, I'm not talking about the Bible. I'm talking about that which he has shown you, that which he has given you. That's, that's what you have to give. It's not because you've studied this or you've memorized this. You've got a Sunday school pin because you memorized the 23rd Psalm. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with he, what, what he has richly deposited into your life. Your eyes have opened because you're in union with him. You're seeing from his perspective, and now you've got something to share. So I, I think Jesus in Matthew chapter 13, verse 11 and 12, tells us that there's a great advantage to taking what we have, giving it, that we might be able to receive more. Uh, Luke said somewhat the same thing in Luke chapter 6, verse 38. He says, give and it shall be given to you. Good measure pressed down, shaken together and running over shall men give unto your bosoms. Now, the word in faith people have used that verse for finances to try to make it into some kind of formula to get rich, where if you, you give money, you get money and they've centered upon that. But I think it's a lot deeper than that. I think it, I think it is talking about forgiveness. You give forgiveness and you find you reap a harvest of forgiveness. You, you impart love. Let's talk about imparting. You impart forgiveness and you're going to find that forgiveness comes back to you in a bigger measure. You give love, all of a sudden you get more revelation and understanding about the love of the Father to you. You, you impart wisdom, all of a sudden you see, you become wise. There are nuggets that are dropped into you that you go, whoa, where did that come from? I, that didn't come from me. Revelation. You share revelation with those that are ready to receive revelation. And I think that that is a door opener for you to receive more. And I think that's what Luke's getting at in 638. Can it apply to finances? I think that it can. I found the more generous that a person is, the more that they receive back. I mean, there's, it's a law of the kingdom, okay? But I don't want to limit this thing to finances. I want, I'm trying to get you this morning, at the, at the beginning of this teaching, I'm trying to get you to understand that you are an imparter of truth, you're an imparter of life, that you have been brought into union with the Father, you're seeing through His eyes, you're gaining understanding and revelation for a distinct purpose. And that purpose is so that you might be able to give it to other people. We've done a lot of teaching on that. I've taught you uh, that everything that pertains to life and godliness has been given to you. Right? It's been deposited within you. And the reason you have everything that pertains to life and godliness is to dispense to someone else to awaken them to the fact that they now have everything that pertains to life and godliness. See, somebody had to teach us that for us to understand it. We, we might have learned it from, from Peter who wrote it, but it was the spirit of truth that awakened us and quickened us to it. So you're, you're a tool that is going to be used to awaken and quicken people and the eyes of their understanding are going to continue to open. You've been given everything. You have been, you have been abundantly provided for, for one purpose, and that is not to hoard it. It's to dispense it. It's, it's to give it. And this is opposite of the way that we were raised. This is opposite even uh, in some spiritual circles that people were groomed for years and years. The world system is built on get it and keep it. The world system is built on hoarding. The world system is built on, man, if you can get an edge, if you can get a leg up on somebody, if you can learn something nobody else has learned, it's best that you keep it to yourself because you're going to be able to use that to your advantage to promote yourself, right? Those of you that are in the corporate world, there are people that know things in the corporate world, they're not sharing with anybody because they keep it, they keep it to themselves rather than dispense it so that somebody else will come to the place they're at. They're, they're protecting their position. And we can't do that in the kingdom. There's no position to protect. Everything that you have has been given to you free of charge. It's come by grace. See, the, the teaching that I'm doing is progressive. We started back with grace. We came through the fatherhood of God, finished work of the cross. All that has been built into bringing you to where you are right now, which is the realization that you are sourced with a power, union, you're seeing from a perspective, and now it's time to begin to share out of what you have, to become conscious of it. Jesus lived that kind of life. Jesus lived a life of imparting. When you study the Gospels, don't, don't look just at the miracles. 
I want you to look at all the different ways that Jesus imparted. Sometimes Jesus imparted by words. Sometimes he imparted by actions. Sometimes it was a, a, a impartation of love. The, the woman that was brought to him that was accused of adultery, and everybody says she was caught in the act. No, that's not what the scripture says. The scripture says she was, she was accused of being caught in the act, but nobody, nobody could verify it, right? So what did Jesus do? He imparted love to her. He imparted forgiveness to her. He gave out of what he had. He gave out of the abundance of the supply from the resource that he possessed. So that's, there are times that just loving somebody, just speaking a kind word is an impartation of what you possess. Are you understanding? It's not all about signs, wonders, and miracles. That's what we've been schooled to think, man, if you don't you know, if you don't lay hands on a sick and recovery, you're not imparting anything, or you don't have this super suspend, uh, uh, super uh, revelation of some kind that you can throw it on the table that everybody goes, whoa, whoa, I never saw that before. That's good. That's not what that's not what impartation's all about. It's it's on a very basic lifestyle that comes through perspective, through consciousness of seeing through the eyes of the Father. So, some, sometimes Jesus um, just imparted through inclusion. He included everybody. You notice that? Jesus never condemned a sinner, what we would call a sinner. He never, he never condemned a drunkard. He never uh, condemned somebody that had a lifestyle uh, like Zacchaeus. You know, Zacchaeus was looked down on. He was a tax collector. Matthew was a tax collector. Jesus reached out and brought them in and embraced them. That embrace of inclusion is an impartation of what you possess, knowing that you've been included, knowing that you're in union. And you seeing that now allows you to include everybody else. Do you know why you like to learn from a teacher? Do you know why you like to listen to a prophet? Do you know why you're drawn to a spiritual father? Huh? Have you ever asked yourself that? Can I tell you why? Because a teacher and a prophet and a spiritual father are imparting to you out of what they have. They're imparting to you the life that they've received. You're drawn to a manifested son and you're manifesting as a son or daughter. And people are going to be attracted to you because you're not giving out of what you possess. All right? let, me, let me read another scripture over here. I'm gonna work three Bibles today. So I'm gonna be reaching around. Let, I'm going to work in with the Amplified, the Passion, and the New King James. Let me read another scripture out of the Amplified. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. And this, this is a good insight on why you are drawn to some people. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. And let me, let me just read verse 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 15 says, says, uh, says this. Where are we? Here we go. Listen. For even if you were to have 10,000 teachers to guide you in Christ, yet you would not have many fathers who led you to Christ and assumed responsibility for you. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the good news. See what a father does? He says, you got all kinds of people that can dispense understanding, that can dispense knowledge. So you got... You can go to the library and check out all kinds of books. You can learn a whole lot. But he said, you don't have many fathers who led you to the Christ, who unveiled, unpacked, revealed him to you, and then assumed responsibility for you. See, when you assume responsibility for somebody, that means that you have to lead them, guide them, nourish them, protect them, uh, <clears throat> give to them, give to them. A spiritual father gives to sons. He's not looking for sons to give to him. You know, you know a spiritual father because he takes responsibility. He leads you and then takes responsibility for you. He doesn't just zoom into town and, and drop a heavy revy and leave. He is there week after week after week taking responsibility, guiding you, bringing you through a process. Paul says you don't have many like that. Jesus, Jesus imparted into the disciples. While, I'm, while I got the Amplified open, let me come over to Matthew chapter 10. I want you to see what Jesus had to say about impartation when he talked to the disciples. Matthew chapter 10, and I want to read verse 7 and 8. Matthew chapter 10, verse 7 says this. And as you go, impart. He, here's how he says it. As you go, preach, 
saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, when you proclaim that the kingdom of heaven is at hand, that means it's right here. So that means you're gonna to have to tell them what the kingdom is, what's involved in the kingdom, how to live in the kingdom, how to receive in the kingdom, what a kingdom lifestyle looks like. You know, you just don't go out and say the kingdom is at hand. There's a whole lot of things that are involved in that. And, 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 and what Jesus is saying, guys, is when you proclaim it, then you got to impart it. You got, you got, to, you got to dispense it. You got to lay it out for people. Verse eight. Here he says, here's what you want to impart. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out devils. Now watch. Freely you have received, freely give. Now when you look at your life, can you discern some things that you have been freely given? What you've been freely brought to a place where you have an understanding of, not just human understanding, but the word of God has come to you, not by what words, what God has spoken into you, what he's deposited into you. All of a sudden you see it, you got it. He said, whatever you have been freely given, he said, you need to freely give. So freely you've received, freely you give. Every download, let me say it like this. Every download you get from the Father is a life force. No matter how small it is, every, every download, every, every deposit the Father makes into your life, it's a download that you now can impart to somebody else. We give away. We share the gift. We don't keep it to ourselves. This, this makes this kingdom ever increasing. This is how the whole lump is leavened. It's when sons and daughters, it's when you and I, Give a Jesus smile to somebody. Shake hands with them. And as we shake hands with them, you know what? I'm conscious of they're coming in touch with divine life. They're coming in touch with the Son of God. I, I'm not just shaking their hand and have a blank mind. They're shaking hands with the presence of the Almighty himself. Because as he is, so am I. The Father and I are one. They touch me, they touch him. So we're speaking and acting out of, out of who we be, not just what we have learned. You can, you can speak out of, of what you've learned. And here's, here's, here's an interesting thing I have found. When, I'm, when I make, say, a Facebook post or a comment, comment just out of something I've learned, it seems to be open to argument. I, that's where I get most of the pushback, when I'm sharing something that I've learned. But when I share something that has been deposited into my life, that is the life of God, and I post that or I comment that, I don't get near the pushback. Now, There'll be a Pharisee or there'll be somebody come along that disagrees with it, but it has a lot more kick. It has a bigger wallop when it's been deposited into your life. Again, that's the difference between impartation and teaching. You can teach whatever you have accumulated under, whatever you have gained knowledge of. You know, I could, I can probably read, I, I have a gift of teaching, I know that. I could probably read an electronics manual that I don't know much about, and I could probably teach the basics of that electronics manual, although I'm not an electrician. See, there's a, there's, there are certain gifts you have, but, the, but what really packs the wallop is what's been imparted to you. So before you can impart powerfully what you have received, what you've received has got to become rooted in you. It has got to, it has got to become part of, uh, of your very life. Let me, let me put it this way. Your flesh has got to become that word. What made Jesus so effective was this. He was the word made flesh. His origination was in word. All right. I was birthed with a flesh body. All right. So now I'm taking this flesh and as the Father reveals the word, it's transforming me inside. It's changing me on the outside and this flesh is becoming the word and that's the power source that enables me to see as the Father sees and to impart that which I've been given. I hope I'm making sense to you this morning. James, James said it like this. Again, let me go to the, go, let me go to the Amplified. James said it like this, James chapter one. James chapter one in verse 21. And let me just get over there, I wanna read it. Just like the Amplified has it, because I really like the way the Amplified says this. James chapter one, verse 21. He said, get rid of all uncleanness, all remains of wickedness. In other words, you're, you're, he's working inside of you. He's flushing all this out. And with a humble spirit, receive the word of God, which is implanted, actually rooted in your heart, James says. So he says, humbly, 
You know, when, when the father, look, when the father gives you something, it is, we receive it in humility. He said, well, with humility, receive it, and it's a rooted, it's grounded in you. It becomes part of you, and that's what you can share. Now, the word's not the Bible. The word is, is the logos in, in James 1.21. He's not talking about a written word. He's talking about a word that the father speaks to you. That's the word that is rooted. That's the word we share. That's the word that transforms and as it becomes, our flesh becomes that word, you got fresh bread, brother, you can hand out to everybody. Are you with me? So until the word himself becomes rooted in us and we begin to ascend and have a higher consciousness, a higher level, rise in our spirit, we don't have a whole lot to impart. We can, you can share, you can teach, but you're not really imparting. You impart who you be, not what you know. Do you know who you be? I spent a lot of time teaching you who you be. Now that's what you impart. We ascend to the top of the mountain, right? We come to an ascended life. We meet with him, he shows us, he shares with us, reveals his heart. Then we come back down and share with people. When Moses went to the top of Mount Sinai, he didn't stay there. He went back down the mountain and gave the people what God gave him. Now that was not God's best. God's best was that they all go to the top of the mountain and have fellowship and he showed them all. But they didn't do it. They were afraid. They were scared. They just said, Moses, you go up, you tell us, and you come back what God said. So he did that. He imparted to them. You don't live on top of the mountain. I think I mentioned uh, uh, Matthew chapter 17, verse 4 last week when Jesus took uh, Peter, James, and John, or let me say it like this. He carried faith, hope, and love to the top of the mountain. And there they witnessed the transfiguration, the appearing of Elijah and Moses, uh, Peter, James, and John saw that. They wanted to build uh, uh, three tabernacles, three church buildings on three corners, one for Elijah, one for Moses, one for Jesus. Jesus said, no, that's not what we're going to do. They ascended back down the mountain. Now listen, and James gave the revelation of faith. He says a lot in the books of James about faith. Peter gives us the hope that we have in God. And John was selected the one to be the revelator of the love. So Jesus took three men up the top of the mountain, but when they came back down the mountain, they were able to impart faith, James, hope, Peter, and love, John. All right? They didn't stay at the top of the mountain. They descended back down so that they could impart what they received. It's good you speak things that are above. It's good the veil's been pulled back. It's good you got revelation. It's good you see things. It's good that faith, grace, and the finished work of the cross has changed your life and energized you. But the freedom that you have by the life that you now live and the presence that you carry has got to be given to other people. That's the purpose. That's why you're on the front end of this wave. And in, 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 in really pursuing the Father on this, I feel that that's one of the strong reasons for whatever, you know, for, it wasn't just happen chance. The Father knew that you were able to ascend, come to a higher place, that you were humble in heart, that he, you were able to receive, but not just keep it. He had to put people on the front end of this tsunami that's covering the earth with grace and unconditional love and forgiveness and revealing the heart of the Father. He had to, he had to select people for this front end of the wave, which you're part of, that he knew would impart to other people. So let's come back down the mountain sometimes. Let's don't, let's don't get up on this, this high spiritual plane and just think we can live there and, and never come back down. Look, you, you, you come back down. You come back down to terra firma. You see through the eyes of the Father. You see the hurts. You see the needs. You see uh, those that are hungry. And you're able to dispense to them something. That's your, that's your purpose. That's why you're here. That's why we come to the Digital Cathedral. I'm not here just to dispense information. I'm not here just to, to, to tickle your revelator <laughs> and give you something. Oh, I didn't, I didn't think about it from that way before. Now, that's going to happen, but that's not the purpose. Until we've ascended into him, and received of him, we don't have a whole lot to say. We don't have a whole lot to give. Oh, we can, we can throw some things out there and teach people, but we give out of our life. All right, let me switch over to the Passion Translation and let me read 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 15. 1 Peter chapter 3, I'm trying to stop licking my finger when I turn pages, but it doesn't work very well. 
Now watch this. It says, but we give reverent honor in your hearts to the anointed one and treat him as the holy master of your lives. Now watch. And if anyone asks, we're talking about imparting, if anybody asks, you don't have to run them down. You don't have to become obnoxious. You don't have to whip a chick track out to tell them turn or burn. That's, that's not what anyone asks. You know, what, you know why they're going to ask? They're going to see something in you that they like, something that is a magnetic draw to you, and they're going to ask you. They're, they're probably going to, they don't know much. They're probably going to say, where do you go to church? Or, uh, I really like your smile. I, when I'm with you, I, I, I sense there's something different about you. What is it? Anyone that asks about the hope living within you, the hope that is living, it's a living hope. It's, it's not dead knowledge. There's, there's something living. It's vibrant within you. And if they ask about it, you should always be ready to explain your faith with gentleness and respect. That's two great characteristics, with gentleness and respect. He said, you should have a life that you're able to reveal the Christ that is within you to such an extent that if they talk ugly about you and slander you, they will actually feel guilty about it. So they're gonna be religious people that slander what, who you are, what you're talking about, what you're imparting. They'll feel guilty about it when the light comes on. All right? Do it with a clean heart. Do it with a clean heart. What, what, what Peter's saying there, what he's, what he's saying to us is that we move as he moves within us. And Jesus set the pace by doing that and he implanted his very life within us. So in other words, in other words, we share the gift and we share the gifts that we have. It says in James chapter one, verse 17, that every good gift comes from above. Can I tell you that you're the gift that James is talking about? He's not talking about giving somebody a tangible gift or just a, a, a spiritual working, you know, speaking in tongues or prophecy or healing. I'm not talking about that. He's talking about you're the good gift. In him, you're good and perfect. In him, you're blameless, right? Previous teachings, way back, Ephesians 1, 4, you are blameless and, and perfect in God's eyes. Right? You're the gift. You're the gift. So until you, you see, assimilate this stuff into your life, everything we teach at the Digital Cathedral, it all builds one step on top of the other. Until you know that you're the gift from above and that you have gifts to share and you have a life that is within you to reveal. So the, 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 the uh, unlimited life is the ascended life. It's the life of the right perception. It's not, a ge it's not a geographical location. And I keep coming back to that because I don't want you to think it's out, you're trying to grab something out there someplace. But once you walk into that perspective, once you begin to live out of that union, then you've got something in the basket to give to other people. Um, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter three, and I wanna read this out of the Amplified. 2 Corinthians chapter three. I'm trying to walk through as many scriptures as I can this morning to show you the power of impartation and to show you that your, the ability to impart has been divinely implanted and given to you, all right? 2 Corinthians chapter three, and uh, let me pick it up with verse five, all right? You have it. You have the goods. You are the gift. You have what it takes to impart to people. Now, again, I'm not trying to put pressure on you because most of it comes when we're not even aware of it because of where our life has ascended to, what revelation we have received. All it takes is a willingness and sometimes a consciousness to know I'm shaking hands with this person. I want him to, I want him to, to really get a zzz. I want him to touch the Father. I want the love to, I want the love to, to, to speak to them, right? Now he says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5. Not that we're sufficiently qualified in ourselves to claim anything is coming from us. This impartation does not come from us. It comes from the one that has become us and us as him. We're living the Christ as us life. But our sufficiency and qualification comes from God. Verse 6, he has qualified us. You are qualified. 
I'm not talking this morning about something that you cannot do. I'm telling you something that you are doing. I'm making you now consciously aware of it. He's qualified us, making us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant of salvation, not, not a ticket to heaven, but sozo, fullness, uh, completeness, wholeness, healing, all of it, not of the letter of a written code, but of the spirit of the letter of the law, for that kills by revealing sin and demanding obedience, but by the spirit which gives life. So this impartation that you're giving comes by the spirit, and he said, that he's qualified you, he's made you able, he's brought you into the place when you are abundantly qualified to do this. Once you, when we're done this morning, I want you to go look in the mirror and I want you to look in the mirror and I want you to say, you are qualified, you've been made an able minister of the new covenant, not of, not of the law, but of the spirit. The spirit that is within you is going to emanate and arise big and be imparted to other people. Why don't you go in the mirror and say something like that? Just say, you are a, you're a doggone good minister of the new covenant. You are qualified and he has made you able. I'm not doing this of myself. It is the life and the spirit that is within me that is doing it. We're not putting pressure on us. We're putting pressure on the spirit that is within us to arise big. Are you with me? You can, you can minister and teach the letter. No doubt about it. You can teach the letter. But there's no revelation of life in it. You can watch Christian television and there'll be guy after guy that comes on there and reads the Bible and says, now this is what it says. And there's nothing on that because there's nothing in the one that's teaching it. It hasn't, it hasn't been rooted and grounded in him. It hasn't, been, it hasn't become Zoe. It's still, it's still Logos. It's still just written word. It's still just paper and ink. And he's learned some things in seminary or got a graduate degree. And so he's parroting everything that he's learned. That's it. He's parroting what he's learned. But there's nothing on it. And then you get some guy on, and then you run into some guy down at the corner church that doesn't even speak proper English, but man, there's something on this guy, what he says. There's something in his life. There's a draw. There's a magnetism to it. And that's where the impartation is coming. So one is teaching, one is imparting. Now, there's a place for teaching. I'm not opposed to that. There are times I'm just flat out teaching. I know that. But there are times right, right now, I'm imparting to you an impartation to impart. I'm coming to you as a, as a father to inform you that you're ready to go, that you have what it takes, that you are a gift that has come from above. You're a good gift. You're a perfect gift. And the Father of lights lives within you and is springing forth and showing himself in you. To minister spirit requires that you tap into the life that is above, the life of spirit, that you're no longer carnal-minded, you're spirit-minded. And what you say now is going to produce life, it's going to produce liberty, because you're looking now and you're not seeing any man after the flesh. See, when you minister, when you minister just the letter, when you just teach, and you see people after the flesh, you know what it produces? I'll tell you what it produces. I produced it in people for a lot of years. It produces judgment, condemnation, and doubt. And religion keeps you in that position so that you will continue to return. Religion needs two things. It needs paying customers and returning customers. And the way they do that is to impart the letter of the word that produces the judgment, the condemnation, and the doubt so that you'll come back next week to try to find out how to relieve yourself of those things. When you click off the digital cathedral, I hope, I hope that you know, I don't know any of you after the flesh. What I see looking through the lens at me this morning are people that are created in the image and the likeness of the Father, that are filled with the life of the Father. And as we download his life, as I impart to you, and it becomes life to you, and you can impart to others. As we download his life, we can give it away. And that's how the body of Christ is equipped. Something amazing happens within us. I read uh, uh, Matthew chapter 13, verse 12, a little earlier out of the Amplified. But let me, let me read it for you out of, uh, out of the Passion Translation. Here's what happens as you impart. Listen to this 12th verse. Everyone who listens with an open heart, see, open heart, that's how the impartation comes. Not to the head, comes to an open heart. Everyone who listens with an open heart will receive progressively more revelation, more life. 
until he has more than enough. But those who don't listen with an open heart, a teachable heart, even the understanding that they think they have is taken away from them. So now, when you receive more than enough, something, something spiritual happens. Out of the overflow, out of the abundance, as you impart it, it creates space within your receiver and your receiver actually expands so that you can receive more. What you find with the ascended life, with the unlimited life, is that it leads to more unlimited. It leads to more ascension. It leads to more depth. It, needs, it leads to more levels in places that you never even knew existed before. That's as you give it away, it creates more capacity. That's what I'm trying to say. As you give it away, it creates more capacity. I, I, I've seen many people in both situations. I've seen people that get it and hold it because they want to have something that they can tell somebody that they don't know. They want to wow somebody. I'm not here to wow anybody. You're not living a life to wow anybody. You're living a life that when you get a wow, you want to share the wow. And when the Spirit of God says that's who you can tell your wow to, you tell it to them. Otherwise, you're embracing them. You're imparting through a lot of different means. It doesn't always have to be through your revelation of wow. <laughs> An open heart is a heart that's willing to shift. An open heart is a heart that's willing to share. It's a, willing, it's a heart that's willing to search. And when a person has a willing heart that's willing to shift and to share what they have, you know what? They grow by leaps and bounds. Uh, so many of you, I mean, you inspire me on the Don Keithley Ministries page. You come in there and you post and you make comments. For all of its negativity, for all of the, uh, all of the badness of the internet and Facebook, it's a wonderful place to learn to impart. Now, there are times on Facebook you're going to teach. You're just going to, you're going to fill in the blank for somebody. But there are going to be times that you actually are imparting the life of God. Practice on the Don Keithley ministry page. If you're not a member of that page, you come on over and join it. I keep it, I keep it pretty flushed out because the, 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 the vision of that page is to get us solidified in the things that we're learning. It's not to bring in there and blow up with uh, heretical questions or craziness. I don't allow that. It's to get us solidified in what we're seeing. And there's good opportunity. People come with questions. People come just coming into grace, come over there. And they there's all different levels of people on that Don Keithley ministry page. It's what, 47, 4,800 people. So we got people all different kind of levels. And, you know, some people never ask anything. They just read. Once in a while they come. Some people never make comment. They never, never post anything. They're just, they're absorbing. So you're imparting sometimes to people that you have no idea. That's why at the start of the teaching I said that you're imparting more than you're aware of. So when you post something and you get a bunch of negative responses, don't, don't let that fool you. Don't that throw you. There could have been 100 people that go, man, that answered the question for me. Man, that, that's exactly what I need to have. That, that heals the wound that I've experienced. What you impart to others is gonna enable you to dive deeper. When you impart to others, it enables you to see more directly out of the word that he speaks to you. And the more powerfully it becomes implanted within you that you can give more to others. Those ones that you're looking to share with, you know what, they're gonna find you. That, that's why we, we just read uh, out of Peter where he said, those that ask you, be, be ready to give them an answer. If people ask, that's why you need to be grounded. That's why we come every week to Digital Cathedral. Get grounded so that we can give an answer for the hope that is within us. You might not be the one that sees the results. I, I've planted a lot of seeds I, that I have not seen the growth from. And Paul knew that. Paul realized that. Paul tried to in, encourage us about that. Listen to this out of the, out of the uh, Passion Translation. It's a fairly long verse passage of Scripture, but I think it's worth listening to because I, 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 I know some of you get discouraged, maybe with your family, because you feel like, man, I'm telling them stuff, but they're, they're not seeing any of this. I don't, I don't get it. What's, what's wrong with them? All right? Listen, listen what Paul said. This, this is an encouragement. This is fairly long. I'm going to read verses 5 through 10 of 1 Corinthians chapter 3. He said, now the one who plants and the one who waters are equally important. So you've brought some people maybe into the digital cathedral that you have planted in. I'm watering. And all of a sudden there's growth and you go, it's Keithley. He did it. No, 
You and I shared in this equally. One plants, another waters, the same. The same team, it says. But each will be rewarded for his own work. We are co-workers with God. And you are God's cultivated garden. The house, is, the, the, the house he is building. God has given me unique gifts as a skilled master builder who lays a good foundation. Paul knew his, his, his ministry. He was, a, he was a foundation layer. He said, afterward, another craftsman comes and builds on it. So builders beware. Let every builder do his work carefully according to God's standards. Now, Paul called, Paul called that a measure of rule. One, one plants, uh, one sows, another waters. Paul said, I'm a master builder. I lay the foundation. Then another craftsman comes and builds the house. It's not the craftsman that builds the house that gets all the credit. There had to be, without the foundation, you couldn't build any house. Are, are, are you with me? So Paul is saying this, know what your, what your measure is. The word's metron in Greek. Paul said, I don't move beyond my measure, beyond my metron. I know what I, he's a, he's a wise master builder. He puts that foundation down. But he said, then another craftsman comes and he builds on it. He puts the structure up. So whatever part you're playing in this, if your part is bringing them over to the digital cathedral, you've planted the seed, you've got their curiosity up, you take the Sunday morning teaching, you share it in a group, you share it on your wall, <clears throat> you're planting and, you know, maybe I'm watering. And then maybe, uh, you know, Steve McVeigh or Francois or uh, Baxter Kruger comes along and they build the whole structure up. Okay, all of us are rewarded the same. We, we all had part of the action. We all have, in the Father's eyes, uh, part of what's going on. Listen, an imparter has a couple characteristics, and I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna close, start to close with this, but I want you, don't, don't shut down. Don't say that was a good teaching and leave. Stay with me. There are three marks that an imparter has, and, and this is what the Holy Spirit's building into your life. A good imparter has consistency. That means he's not up and down. Until you, until you level the, the ups and downs out of your life, you know, it's, it's gonna be hard to impart because what you're imparting is not consistency. It's, it's important that we have consistency. It, he, Paul said, let patience have its perfect work. See, the, patience is having consistency under pressure. Let me say that again. Consistency is, is remaining the same under pressure. That's what patience is. Patience is remaining consistent under pressure. So he's gonna build patience into your life. And the way he does that is to give you opportunities to be impatient. And you recognize it and you remain consistent. All right, second thing that an imparter has to have is faithfulness. He stays at it. He doesn't, he doesn't get rebuffed by somebody and just throw his hands in the air and says, forget it, I'm, I'm done with all this. He stays faithful. He stays in the game. Just showing up every day is important. Reporting is important. He remains faithful. Holy Spirit is building faith. If you don't have faithfulness, if you don't have faithfulness and consistency, it's really hard for the Spirit of Truth to work with you, right? So these are foundational things he's working. He's working that in. And the third thing is stability. Stability. What I mean by that, you don't chase every fad that comes down the road. You try the spirit. You try the teaching. When a word comes to you, I, I, I'm big on the word crockpot. I crockpot a lot. There's things I'm crockpotting right now I wouldn't dare share. There are things I'm seeing that are I believe are true. I'm not, I'm not dare sharing yet because I want stability. I'm not running after things. I don't want this to, to be something that flitted into my mind some way that I grabbed onto. I want to be stable. I want to be consistent. I want to be faithful. I want to be stable. And that's what an imparter has to have. He's building that into your life, so just relax. All right. This helps us stay. When you are consistent, faithful, and stable, it helps you stay connected as a branch to the vine so that that revelation, that life, that truth can continue to flow. And as your mind is renewed and the mind of Christ emerges and you recognize that it's emerging, to, it, it comes to the forefront, all this stuff is done effortlessly. It's not hard. It doesn't require uh, that you work up a lather and a sweat. It's just a life that you live. It's the Christ life. It's the Christ life. Every one of you has a sphere of influence. Every one of you is involved with some level, uh, with some people, some more, far more than others. You have a measure of rule that you've been called to. 
You have a gift to share. You are a gift when you share of yourself. There remains yet one primary thing that we've got to hit, right? We've come through the power source of an unlimited, of unlimited. We've come through the perspective. We've come through the, through the need of impartation. Now, there's one more thing. There's one more thing, and that's the personal application of it. So, so next week, I think it might, it might take me two weeks, I want to talk about operating in the wisdom that is from above. The wisdom that comes as you develop a higher consciousness. You don't want to miss next week. You don't want to miss next week, I'm telling you right now. We want to talk about the wisdom that is from above. Power source, perspective, impartation, wisdom that is from above. We're building line upon line. And I'm telling you something, your life is changing. You're not the same person you were when you first started coming to Digital Cathedral. You are farther down the road than you've ever been. Now, <clears throat> let me say this. Don't let this be your only source of truth. You need to spend time alone with the Father and let him speak to you. Uh, things I say to you, don't believe it just because I say it. Don't believe a thing I say if it doesn't resonate within you or if you take it before the Father and he says, that's that, don't, don't, don't grab that right now. Don't grab, then don't grab it. I want, I'm, I'm, I'm not giving you a fish. I'm teaching you how to fish. I'm teaching you how to get it for yourself because until you can get the revelation for yourself and it becomes implanted into you, you don't have much to share. You can tell them what I said, but telling them what I said is not gonna dispense the life of the Father. The life of the Father roars and it rises and it comes through you as he makes truth part of you. As, the, as you become part of the truth, as it's revealed. Amen. I think that's a good place to stop. I could go on more and more about this, but I think you get it. The power of impartation. Impartation, imparting the unlimited that you possess. You're a great gift. Never undersell yourself. Never think less of yourself than you should. Always see the Christ that dwells within. God bless you. See you next Sunday morning. Let me just say again, thank you for your prayers for your monthly support. You help us so much and I appreciate it. We depend on you. We really depend on you. So continue to, to hang in there with us and put some skin in the game. Will you do that? All right, God bless. See you Wednesday night.